0: Father, we give you glory. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you because there's none like you. There's no one like you, O God. None can be compared to you. We like unto you, O God, among the gods. Who can be compared to you? You do it, wonder, perform miracles. Father, we adore you. We bless you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We say may your name be praised forever in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask, oh God, that you will meet with us today, that you will dwell with us, that your name will be glorified, that we would see you and would experience you, that we would learn from you in the name of Jesus. Have all of the glory, take all of the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, today we're going to be um, talking about um, the same topic that we started with um, this month, which is No Limit. And um, the aspect of that topic that we're going to be examining today would actually require all of us and... um, I'll ask that um, you get ready to unmute yourself at any point um, or type in the answer, whatever works for you. All right. So first we we thank God for a, a month that you know started and um didn't even wait for anyone and <laughs> started started running. <laughs> All right. So first thing we're going to be talking about today is um no limits that with god so the god angle no limits with god all right so first i want someone to open psalms 63 verse 1 Psalm 63 verse 1 we're going to be opening a lot of a lot of scriptures so i want you to get ready i want you to get ready as we begin to open the scriptures. Psalm 63 verse 1. If you're there, please go ahead and read. Psalm 63 verse 1. Is someone there? Yeah. All right, please read.
1: Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land.
0: Psalm sixty-three. Yes. Okay, continue.
1: In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Okay. Verse Mm 2. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Praise God. Hallelujah.
0: Right? So in that scripture, we see what God can mean to a man. All right? What God can mean to a man. Without God in the life of a man, sometimes it looks like the man is in a dry and weedy place. Without God in the life of a man, it looks like there is no, um, there is no solution anywhere. It looks like there is no answer anywhere. Praise God. And you see that David was describing the same thing here. That is like a, 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 as a soul will long, um, as, a, as, as, as the dry land will long for um, water. That is how God can be to a man. And you see, when you don't know what you need, it can even be more dangerous. But you see, when we know what we need, when we know that God is the source of what we need, it's easier for us to seek him right? Like David was, was doing here. And he says, even in verse two, he says, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. See, when you know what you're looking for, your, your, your problem is half solved. At least you know the problem now is to get it. But when you don't know what you're looking for, then the bigger problem comes because you just be running from pillar to post. So God to man is everything. Is what? Is everything. Is everything God to man is everything. God to man is not just what when we when we feel good. It's not just when things look nice. God to man should be everything. You know another thing where we can bring out from that scripture is God to man should be the first priority. It says, "Early will I seek you." It's not after I've tried everything and they seem not to work will I seek you? No. Is early, early will I seek you. At the very beginning of my plan, at the very beginning of my idea, will I seek you? You are the provider of the vision, so you give the provision. So I will not seek the provision somewhere else. I will look unto you first. You see, early will I seek you. Most of us make that mistake of seeking God after we've tried and failed. No, no. God cannot be our backup plan, He has to be the plan. Note that I didn't say a plan. You know, a plan means it's part of some other plan. But when you say the plan it means that he's the real plan, is the only plan. That's what God wants to be to us. Praise God. All right, so let someone else read Psalm 78. We're going to be reading 37 to 42. Psalm 78, 37 to 42. Psalm seventy-eight, thirty-seven to forty-two. Okay. Um, go ahead, Grace.
1: What was the verse again?
0: Psalms 30, um, yes. seventy-eight. Yes. Psalm seventy-eight, yes. thirty-seven to
1: forty-two. There, there we go. Okay. Um, the Bible says, "For their heart was not right with Him." Neither were they steadfast in his covenant, but he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Uh, yea, many a time turned he, his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Um, 39, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. Should I read 42? Uh, Yes,
0: so just continue from 40 to 42.
1: Okay. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy.
0: Praise God. Hallelujah. So, thank you so much. So, the first part we're talking about was talking about the essential part of God to man. What God means to man, how important God is to man, is like a dry ground that needs water, is like a man that is looking for oxygen. And also, we discover that it's not just that, it's that we have to realize this very quickly. It's not supposed to be the second thing we realize, is the first thing, the very, 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 very first thing. All right. So, that's what we realized in the first scripture we read in Psalm 63, verse 1. Now, in, in this one, we are seeing how, despite the fact that God is this important to man, how man can stir up God's anger, how man can limit God. You see, sometimes it feels like, oh, you know, God is God all by himself. We cannot limit how God will move. We can. We can. You see, And from that verse 37, he was describing the things they were doing, not being steadfast, not faithful in his covenant, you know, committing a lot of iniquity, you know, stirring up his wrath, not remembering what he has done for them. And then he now crowned it up in verse 41 by saying they limited the Holy One of Israel. So by doing all all of these things they limited the only one of Israel. Remember on Sunday, uh, well, yeah, last week's Sunday when I, when I was saying Jesus could not do a miracle in his own city because they did not believe that such power could come from someone they used to know, someone they knew, his brother, his sister, someone they knew their history. Right. So we can limit God. We can limit what God can do. By our own uh, our own behavior, we can limit what God is capable of doing. By our own behavior, God in His own power, God in His own strength and glendor is powerful. You see, we are not stopping or reducing the power of God. What we are doing when we limit God is what we are doing is limiting how we benefit from it you see you cannot take what you don't recognize that it exists does that make sense to you so if i don't recognize that um i have money in my account i'm not going to go there seeking money does that make sense to you you see but if i know if i have this understanding that oh there's so much money in my account there's so much money in my account i would live freely i would be you know Confidence to go to my account to go withdraw money you see but that's where we make the mistake we think of god the way we think of ourselves we put god and ourselves in the same category thinking oh if this thing can be this painful to me if this thing can be this um hurting to me if these things can be you know can incapacitate me this much then it would do the same thing to god no so they limited god by All of the things that they were doing, not remembering, you know, remembering the great things that he has done for them, you know, different diverse things. So the question I have for you this evening is, what are the ways we can limit God? All right, this is a Bible study, so it's not me teaching. Let's go. What are the ways we can limit God?
1: I think by ignoring his instructions.
0: Yes, disobedience. Disobedience. We can limit God by disobedience. You remember the, the story of Saul? That was it. That's, why, that's where that popular scripture comes. Obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. All right. Thank you so much, Grace. Anyone else? How can we limit God?
1: By not believing the things he says to us, by not believing his word.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So God says, I'm going to make you, um, you know, a great nation. And you're like, me? Ah. <laughs> or God is saying, I'm going to turn your life around, make it beautiful. Make your life the envy of the world. And you're like, me? Do you know the bad things I've done? And God is saying, I, I don't care about the things you've done. I am erasing the things you've done. I am giving you a new name. You know, I'm calling you my own. And you're saying, uh, it can be me. See, if you deny, you can't get it. You can't get it. Because what you believe enough is what comes alive and becomes active in your life, right? So when we deny God, we, we, we limit him. We limit what, we can, what he can do for us. We don't limit God we don't limit his capacity we don't limit what god is able to give us we don't limit god's ability what we limit is our own ability to enjoy what god can do for us us. so when when we say limiting god i want you to get that concept properly it is not us um curtailing god's power no that's not limiting god when we say limiting god we're saying God has the ability to give to us, but we don't have the capacity to receive what he wants to give to us. So I'm going to continue. So what else? How else can we limit God? So the scripture we read from was from the book of Psalm 78, verse 41. Psalm 78, verse 41. And he was talking about the different things that the children of Israel were doing. And then when he got to verse 41, he says, he says, Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the only one of Israel. So when people tell you, when some preachers say, oh, you can't, you can't limit God, it's fallacy. You can definitely limit God. So I'm asking us now, in our day-to-day life, in our you know, normal, regular life, what are the things you think you can do to limit God? I've heard disobedience. I've heard not believing what he says about you. What other ways do we think we can limit God? All right, this is open to everyone. By, by relying on our own understanding. Absolutely, absolutely. So remember we were talking about how big God is. We talked about that in the book of Psalm 63, verse 1. We're saying how important and essential God is to us. He's like water to a dry land. He's like, like air to a human being. Now, when we think of God in the same way we think of ourselves, we're basically limiting God because you will not be able to receive the enormity of what God is capable of releasing to you, right? So that's a good one. Someone else or anyone else that has stopped before, you can repeat. Anyone else that, has, that is just joining, you can just go ahead and contribute. So how can we limit God? Living in sin. All right. All right. Living in sin. The Bible says that the eyes of God cannot behold iniquity. The Bible also says that we cannot, you know, continue to sin and ask that grace abound. Right? We cannot ask that grace, grace abound in iniquity. Do you remember Psalms, Psalms 24 that was saying that we shall ascend into the throne of God? Is it says the person that has clean hands, clean hands. Right? So, when we want to enjoy what God carries, so, when you, for you to access what God carries, you have to come to his presence. He's not going to throw it at you, right? So, but it's, the scripture is saying the one that can actually ascend to the, to the throne is the one that has clean hands. So we have to desist from iniquity. All right, so good contribution. Now, I want to reverse that question. How can we overcome these things that can limit God? How can we overcome these things that can limit God so that... We can take the limit of God. All right? Let's go.
1: Mm, The first thing would be recognizing that God is our source.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Psalm 63 verse 1. God is our source. God is our source. That scripture says, early will I seek you, which means God is the very beginning. It's not the option B, C, D, E. No. God is the plan. Um, I saw a quote today. It says, um, pray as if um, pray as if that's all pray as if your life depends on it and then walk as if your life depends on you so you pray as if that's all that you got to do but then it does not mean you will, be, you will be lazy, no, you see when God is involved in your hard work it makes the hard work sweeter it makes the result sweeter, so that's what God wants us to do, we, we, we rely on him, we recognize is placed all right awesome good one so what else thinking of all the things we've mentioned that can limit god now how can we reverse it is the question clear grace yes it's clear (laughs) so how can we reverse it how can we reverse disobedience how can we reverse living in sin uh, living
1: the way the Bible instructs us to, being obedient, uh, living a righteous life.
0: Be obedient, but let, let, let me let me ask you a question. You remember Paul? Paul says the things I want to do are the ones I find myself um not doing. But the things that uh, I don't want to do are the things I find myself doing. So how do we now do it in that in that case?
1: We leave it to God. We okay. should, I guess, Does I guess, try? what I mean is we should bring our sins and everything we struggle with to him mm. and believe that he will give us the solution or help us to not go back to it.
0: Okay, good, good contribution. In case you're wondering where that scripture is anyway, that's in uh, the book of Romans 7, 15 to 20. So Paul says, I do not understand what I do. But what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Amen. So one of the ways that we can also help ourselves is living by instruction from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when Jesus was going, that Jesus said, I will send to you um, a comforter. And he says, I will teach you all things, which means that there are some things that we do not have the ability to do by ourselves, right? Which means that we need God Himself. See, the determination comes from you, but the help to do it comes from God. So God would not do it if you are not, if you are not ready, if you have not made up your mind that you know what I'm going to live a life without sin. So you're very correct, um, Grace. You know we have to make up our mind to live without sin. Then God's help. The, the Holy Spirit will now help our body. You remember my favorite scripture, Romans 8, verse 11. The Spirit that raised Jesus from dead also lives in us. And if the Spirit lives in us, it will quicken our mortal body. So the help that we need to stay away from sin comes from God. But God will not initiate the process. We initiate the process to say, God, I want to live for you. And then you know what we also need to do? We need to take physical steps. We need to make sure we run from those things, right? We need to make sure we intentionally flee. The Bible says flee every appearances of evil. Flee every appearances of evil. You see, the Bible says, resist the devil. he will run from you. But what did he say to sin? He said, flee flee it, run from sin. If it's the devil, you can stay and rebook the devil because God has given you power to trample upon him. But for sin... He says, run. Don't try to say, I want to rebook sin. You know why? Because you are human. You are flesh. Right? Because the Holy Spirit will help you, but you need to initiate the process by making sure that you put your body in alignment with where God can meet you. Right? And I pray that God will do so for us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what are the things that can also limit God? Vision. Vision. Vision can limit God. A man without vision will only go as far as he can see. Praise God. A man without vision will only go as far as he can see. Proverb twenty-nine verse eighteen. No vision, the people will perish. No vision, the people will perish. A man without vision cannot go far in life, and he will look as if oh, it's not, it's God that is not there, you know, answering his prayer. God is ready to answer his prayer, but he is not in a position to receive it. He is not well in a position to receive it. As a man thinketh, so is he. It has to be born in your mind. What is your mind capable of envisioning? God told um, Abraham, He says, Go out and begin to count the stars. What did he do? He went out. You see, the innumerable of those stars, God knew that he could not count them. For which one? Only for which one are you asking? The Proverbs. Oh, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18. So my people perish for lack of of vision. When we cannot see, we cannot get. God is not a magician. God will not come into our life and just begin to, what do they call that thing? And begin to call things out, right? No, but God is a God of principle. Remember, hard work and reward. Remember, season. The Bible says there's a time to plant, there's a time to harvest. So God works by principles, right? So when there is no vision, there cannot be a provision. God cannot make available to you what you cannot see, because as a man think it so easy, right? So another thing that can actually work against God helping us is the wrong vision, is the wrong word wrong vision. What do you see? You see, you can even be seeing, but be seeing the wrong thing. Have you met people that condemn themselves to an extent where? People can't even help them. They don't see anything good in themselves. They can't appreciate anything good coming out of themselves. They look down at themselves. They look at themselves and don't see anything good. And they forget the fact that when God made us, God says we were good. You are not just good, very good. Imagine how can something God made be bad? The Bible says that we were made in the image of God, which means that I myself carry the identity of God. Amen. So wrong vision can also limit God. You see, because if you and God are not operating on the same frequency, you cannot hear each other. It means God cannot deliver to you the goods He wants to deliver to you. The see C- people and the, the, the people that do seamanship and all that, they, they use coordinates which means that if you're supposed to land at a particular spot where you're supposed to receive some good, they will send you the coordinates on the sea. Now, if you go and mistakenly miss one number in that coordinate, you can meet yourself in China instead of meeting yourself in America. Now, if you now go to China, won't you be saying, "Ah, uh-uh, ah, is it that this God is lying? Is it that this God does not have the capacity to release what he said he will release? No! God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can think or imagine. That's what he said. Exceedingly. Not with nothing with with measure. Exceedingly abundantly above. But because you arrived at the wrong junction, because you are seeing something wrong about yourself, because you are seeing something else apart from what God is seeing, you arrive in China while God is waiting for you in America. So, That is how sometimes we limit God. God has the capacity to release it. He's waiting at the pot, He's waiting with all the goods. But then we miss it by seeing the wrong thing, by applying the wrong principle, by applying the wrong things. Now, another way that wrong vision can also limit God is seeing wrong things in others. How do you see others? How do you see others? What is your perception of others? Have you seen people that every time they see someone else, they are thinking of the worst possible thing that can come from that person? No benefit of doubt whatsoever. Everything they can think of that person is wrong. It's terrible. It is wrong things. You see, but God does not want us to think like that. God wants us to see people for who they are. God wants us to see people for great things. Now, also, let's flip that a little bit. When you are facing a giant, God wants you to have the right perception about what you are facing, meaning that you are seeing God bigger than the problem. Numbers 13, verse 33. Let's open to Numbers 13, verse 33. Numbers 13, verse 33. It says, we saw the Nephilim Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshopper in our own eyes and we, and we looked the same to them. I want to ask you a question. How did they know how they looked to them? Those ones did not tell them they looked like grasshopper. Mm-hmm. They did not have a conversation with them. But they themselves looked at themselves and called themselves grasshopper. <laughs> now, you see, there are multiple people that went for this thing. Went for this expedition. Ten of them came, said the wrong thing, wrong vision. Two came, gave an opposite vision. Now, not because what they were looking looking at wasn't actually scary. Now, if you go back to the book of Genesis, the descendant of Anak and the descendant of people that mixed with angels. So they were giants. These were fine, huge guys. They were huge. In fact, the way the Bible described them in the book of Genesis, it described them as people that were beyond human, like they were not even human. So these were the kind of people they were seeing. True, true, these guys were huge. But who told them that the other people saw them as grasshoppers? They told themselves. They saw the wrong thing about themselves. Meanwhile, two people came. Two people came and said, listen, these people, they are nothing. We can definitely take the city. We can, we can conquer them. You see, again, the right vision. David looked at Goliath and saw someone that he can conquer, not by his own ability, but by the God behind him. You see, when we seek God early, like the first scripture we read today, when God is the power, number one plan, not the substitute plan. According to the book of Psalm 63, 63 verse 1, Early will I seek you, God. When God is the one you sought early in the beginning of the plan, you will not be afraid. Because the people that come against you, they will you will know that they are not coming against you, they are coming against the God that you carry, the God that you want that you carry. And I pray that in this season of our life, we will begin to see ourselves the way God sees us. We will begin to put the right image on ourselves. See, because God's ability to give you is not in question. God's ability to release things onto your hand is not in question. God's capacity or what he owns is not in question. The Bible says, "Cattle upon thousand hills are God's. So, there is no question onto what God has. God himself is capable. He said, he said, we, we, uh, as he said it, will he not do it? Which means that he has the ability to do whatever he says. But we can determine whether we are able to get it or not. Amen. We can determine whether those things that God carry, he can release into our hands. You remember the, one of the favorite scripture that I also quote, Psalms 24 verse 1, the head is the Lord and his fullness thereof right? Now, God has it all. Before he says it, he already has the capacity to do it. It is a man that will tell you, I want to do something and then he will now go back and begin to strategize where he's going to bring the money out from. God already has the capacity to do it. Now, we have to think of ourselves that way. Because you are for God. David said, I don't need you as uh something i go to when uh every other thing fails Mm-mm. david says i need to seek you very at the very beginning of the vision i need to put you at the forefront i need you as a dry land needs water i need you i need you as a thirsty soul would receive a cold water you see david could crack that code you need to crack that code See, because the position we you put god will determine what god will begin to do in your life you see when you have an organization right the input of a cleaner is different from the input of the coo both of them we were putting in hard work for sure but you see but what you get from them is different in weight. even though they are both hard work the 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 the, 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 the laborer the cleaner We'll be doing a whole lot. But you see, where the CEO would think in his head and it will produce millions of dollars, it will not be the same for the cleaner. You see, we are not talking about the importance now. We are talking about the deliverables. What comes out of their hard work? So the position you put God will determine what you get from him. Now the question is, is the position you are putting God limiting how much God can give to you or is increasing how much God can give to you? So that's our question for this week. What position is God occupying in my life? Is he occupying the position of the gate man? Or is he occupying the position of the CEO? See, because when God is in charge of a thing, you can definitely predict the result of the thing. The Bible says, my peace I give to, give unto you, not like the world gives. Not like the world gives. God is going to give you things That is beyond what man can release to you. Man does not even have the capacity to even give it. Man does not have it. Man does not have it. So, today, vision is one thing I want us to remember and think of in our mind. How am I seeing myself? And what is the position God occupies in my life? What position have I put God? Again, the position you put God determines the results you get from him. Let's bow our heads as we pray. I want you to begin to talk to God and say, Father, if in any way I have seen myself wrongly, if in any way I have misjudged myself or me, or cast a wrong vision of, on people, Father, help me. Help me, help me, help me. So help me to turn around wrong vision. Help me to turn around who had vision. Help me to seek you early like David sought you in the book of Psalm 63, verse one and verse two. Help me to know that you are the beginning of everything in my life. Cry to him this evening. Talk to him. He says he can hear us when we ask him. Ask him this evening. Father, re- rearrange my vision in places where I have put priorities in the wrong things, help me to re-strategize, by one way or the other. Invade my plan to re-strategize. Invade my plan to re-strategize and reprioritize. That you will be in the beginning and not at the end. That you will be the originator of the plan. You see, when God originates the plan, success is assured. Father, be the priority. Now begin to ask him, Father, take the forefront in my plans. I release the plans to you. I release my vision to you. I release my ideas to you. Everything that I'm thinking, everything I want to become, I release to you. When you are in charge of it, I can be assured of victory. When you are in charge of it, I can be assured of success. You don't fail at the things you do, oh God. (laughs) Only a man can fail, only a man's second guesses. You are already capable before you began the war. Oh God, I release to you. I release to you. Ask Him to take over, take over everything. Everything that is mine, everything that belongs to me. Take it over. Take it over. Take it over because you don't fail. Because you don't fail. Because there is no drought in you. There is no failure in you. Oh God, take the preeminence. Be our Alpha and the Omega. Just as the fire that will surround Jerusalem, your word says that you will surround Jerusalem with your fire and you will fill it with your glory. Zechariah 1 verse 5. Oh God, surround us. Be the beginning and the end. Be the all in all. Fill us, oh God. Fill us completely with all that you are. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Father, we thank you. Thank you because we know that we can rely on you. We know that when we seek you, you are able to save us. We know that when we call on you, you are able to hear us. Your word says that he that has made hears, is it impossible for him not to hear? We know that it's not impossible for you to hear. Father, so as we have said today, Father, we ask that you will begin to cast upon us vision for greatness in the name of Jesus. Amen. In any way, that we might have been seeing the wrong things in any way that we might have been believe, we might have been casting lower vision on ourselves, casting wrong vision on ourselves, or looking at things the wrong way. Father, we pray that today you will correct our vision in the name of Jesus. Amen. For today, in unity of heart, we submit to you all that Amen. we have all our vision, all our aspiration, that you begin to take it over, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We make you, the CEO, the owner of it all, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we pray, oh God, that when it is done, when the glory comes, oh God, we will return all of it to you and not Amen. take it upon ourselves in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Thank Jesus, you, Lord, nice Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining in. Don't forget we pray on Friday. It's just 30 minutes prayer. And God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week.
1: Mute you. you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you.